You're listening to the Gathering Church Podcast, located in Asheville, North Carolina. The Gathering is a place where you can belong before you believe. To find out more, visit gatherashville.org. Well, today, as you could tell from that super edgy video we had, we are starting a brand new series called Dangerous Prayers. I just liked that that was like the dangerous music. And, and, vid, and anyways, I have been gone for a while, you guys. I'm going to try to keep my thoughts together this morning. I am making no promises. We're, we're going to knock the rust off the hinges together, okay, today. We're starting a brand new series called Dangerous Prayers. The title comes from a book written by Pastor Craig Groeschel last year in Oklahoma. And the idea is that we love to pray harmless prayers as a people, that we love harmless prayers, that in fact, for many of us, a lot of our prayer life includes harmless prayers, simple prayers. Lord, bless this food. Lord, how many of y'all say, I pray every single day, and your prayer life is, Lord, please bless this triple-decker cheeseburger and cheese fries. But God is not going to bless it, okay? I'm just going to. Somebody needs to hear that today. God, give me this day my daily bread. Some of y'all on a low-carb dialect. God, give me this day my daily avocado. <laughs> These are good prayers, but, and they're important prayers. These harmless prayers that we pray, they're important. They're good. It's good to pray over your food. It's, it's good to pray for travel and mercies. It's good to pray these simple prayers that, that, that we get in a ritual of praying. But there is a series of prayers we can pray that I believe God loves to answer. See, I think what makes a dangerous prayer dangerous is that God almost always answers these prayers. With prayers uh, like this one, the answers are never easy. That when God does answer them, it results in, in something major happening in our lives, around our lives, in our hearts. That, that when God answers this prayer, it challenges us. It shapes us. It changes us. And sometimes it happens against our will or in ways we never imagined that it would. I believe these are dangerous prayers. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to go through four different prayers. Change me, search me, break me, and send me. And talk about how we pray those prayers and what God will do on the other side of it. I believe it's going to be a great series and a great series to do during 21 days of prayer that you can put some of this to practice as we go through 21 days of prayer. And so today's prayer is the perfect one to open 21 days of prayer. And it's very simply, change me. Change me. The prayer goes like this. God, change me. I want to be who you made me to be. I want to be more like you. I want you to, to change my heart, God. Have you ever felt longing for something more in your life? Have you ever looked at yourself in the mirror and wondered if you weren't meant for more? Have you ever wondered if the, or felt like when you look in the mirror, the person looking back at you was not right in some way? That there was something missing, something bigger, something, something better out there. I believe that when you were created, God had a purpose and an identity in mind for you, and it was all tangled up in who you are with him. 
His plan for you is to use the events of your life, the good and the bad, along with the truth of His words and the power of His church to lead you into your purpose and your identity that were in you the moment He created you. And I believe that when you ask the prayer, when you say the prayer, change me, that God is prepared to answer it and He has a direction in mind that He wants you to go. Because change is in his nature. It's one of the things he loves to do for us. In Isaiah 43, 18 and 19, the Lord speaks through the prophet and says, Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. And now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Some basic spiritual growth right here. I'll tell you this. That if prayer is foreign to you and you're not sure how to do it, we got all kinds of resources. Tune in this week and I'll be sharing them with you. But the simplest way I can tell you to begin to pray is to pray over the Scripture. Is to pray the Scriptures. To open up the Psalms and pray the Psalms. And, and to, to read a passage like this and then just respond to it in prayer. God says, I'm doing a new thing. Can't you feel it? Can't you perceive it? I'm going to bring up streams in the desert. I'm bringing something into place in you that was not there before. I want to do a new thing. And the way that I would respond to that in prayer is I'd say, God, my life hasn't always been lived out in ways that I'm proud of. Who I am is not always who I want to be. But I believe you are a creator. So create in me something new. Change me. Show me how you're already changing me. And give me the discipline to submit to these changes. It's just a simple prayer. But here's why it's so dangerous. Because... When God is involved, even when God is involved, change is never easy. We do a lot of talking about how we want real change for our lives. I mean, we do it from simple things. At the beginning of the year, we're all thinking, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym this year. I'm going to get in that habit. I'm going to go to the gym so much. I'm going to lift all the weights in the world. I'm going to eat the best diet. You get away from me, pizza. I don't want to see you today. We want little changes and we long for it or, or we want big changes. I want to put down an addiction that I have. I want to put down something that I've struggled with for all of my life. I want to change a character issue in me. I just, I just I want to be somebody who is honest. I, I, I want to be somebody who is trustworthy, who when I say something, I always do it. That's who I want to be. And we, we under, we, it's easy to get into the mindset of change. I'm going to be that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be disciplined in this area. But it's hard the very second we go to put it into practice. First morning that your alarm goes off at 5.30 to go to the gym, you're like, this is stupid. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Change is hard. And it's never easy. And the path to being changed is always a lot longer than we want it to be. As I was away last month, I was thinking about the difference between a storm and a glacier. I was thinking about how they both change the world around them, how they alter the landscape. A storm has the power to reshape the landscape, doesn't it? We saw some big storms uh, in the news over this past month, and it can change shorelines. It can wipe away infrastructure. I lived in the Outer Banks. We had a hurricane come along, and all of a sudden the roads were just gone. They were gone. They were washed away out to sea. There was just sand where they once were could take away the infrastructure, it damages buildings, it can uproot 
trees. It's loud and dramatic and immediate and visible change. I think often uh, when we long for change, we want it to be like that. We want change like a storm. We want it to, to look like that. The, the kind of change a storm brings, loud and dramatic and immediate and visible. I want to go lift weights on one day and come out of there looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know. I'm talking 1981 Arnold Schwarzenegger. I want to come out of there. Why isn't this happening for me? We want it to be visible. But the changes caused by a storm are often reshaped by the next storm that comes through. So the next storm that comes through reshapes in a different way, changes the shoreline in a different way, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the infrastructure is eventually rebuilt. Those roads are right back where they used to be in the Outer Banks. The, the city is often restored. Eventually, even the trees are replaced. They regrow, and new ones take their place. But there is another force of nature that causes change. I spent time in Acadia National Park this past week. It's beautiful. Blueberries, as far as the eye can see. And there's a lake there called Echo Lake. And on either side of this lake are these cliffs that are a thousand feet high that just come, come up out of the lake. It's this amazing thing to see. And they, they form the shape of this lake. And I've seen this sort of thing before in national parks all over our country. I've seen it overseas. I've been to these glacial lakes, these valleys that were formed by glaciers. It's awesome. Formed by glaciers moving bit by bit over thousands of years, sometimes just inches a day. A glacier is slow. It's incremental. It's methodical. It, it changes things permanently. Because the changes that a glacier makes in the world around it, they're in the bedrock. They're, they're, they're not something that can be rebuilt. They're not changes that can just be weathered away by the next glacier. They might, but it'll take a long time when the next glacier comes behind it. These changes are in the bedrock. And as the change is happening, it's hard to see it. It's hard to appreciate it. But these changes are significant and they are permanent. It's a stark contrast to the kind of change we see in a storm. Because in this case, the land will never be the same again. I believe that when we ask God to change us, we often want it to be like a storm, immediate, loud, visible, big. We want to do everything all at once. We want to see the changes right away. We want to simply wake up a better version of ourselves. I don't understand. I prayed the salvation prayer yesterday. How come today I had all the same problems that I had yesterday? How come I still have these same struggles, these same addictions? How come my shirt still has the same stain on it? I thought it said he washed away everything and made it whiter than snow. That's a bad joke. I'll work on them. It's been a while. I'm going to work on it, y'all. I only had my kids as an audience last month. They're easier. <laughs> we, we want those changes to be immediate. We want to see them right away. But they, when that happens, oftentimes, those changes don't last. When those quick, loud, immediate changes come, it's usually just not very long before we're back to our old version of ourselves again. Before we're back in our old habits. Before we've returned to the place that we were before. They don't stick. 
They're, those changes are reshaped by the next shift in our identity and they're rebuilt by our desires in the culture that we live in. I think real change comes when we allow God to change us like a glacier. It's incremental, slow, methodical, it's permanent. See, I think the prayer, change me, is dangerous because it requires us to choose this route, this, this slow route. And this prayer has to be spoken not just once during a moment of worship, but it's a prayer that's spoken day after day after day over a long period of time. Eugene Peterson, the guy who wrote the message, he refers to it as a long obedience in the same direction. The, the, the spiritual journey that we take is not, is not a sprint, it's a marathon. It's a long obedience in the same direction. This is why Jesus consistently uses the image of a seed to describe us growing in the faith. A seed doesn't grow into a tree overnight. It's small and incremental. It's imperceptible, but it's consistent. Over time and in the right environment, a seed can grow into something significant. We know that this is the nature of God because it's revealed all throughout Scripture. I, rem I remember the moment when Elijah went to go hear from God and the moment when he desperately needed his presence. and There was a big storm. And Elijah was looking for God in the storm. He wasn't in the storm. There was a mighty wind. He's looking for God in the wind. He's not in the wind. There was a fire. He was looking for God in the fire. He wasn't in the fire. God came in a whisper, something small and still, that Elijah had to be quiet and still long enough to hear it. This is the nature of God. It's a process. And I believe that through this process, God uses some specific things to answer the prayer, change me, and to really change us. And if we're committed to this prayer, to this, this simple prayer, God, change me, if we commit to it, then we have to commit to allowing these simple things to do the change we're asking for. So I want to give you a couple things this morning that God is going to use to answer this prayer. And once we know what they are, we can pray this prayer and lean into this process. I believe the first thing that God will use to change you is obvious. is life. Life. Life will change you. It's no mystery that we are who we are because of the experiences we've lived through. Your triumphs and your tragedies have made you who you are today. When you submit your life to Christ, He's going to use what's already happened in your life and all the things that will happen to you to shape you into who he created you to be. I don't think God causes the pain in your life. I do not. But I do believe that if you let him, he can use it to change you. Romans 8.38 says, We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. He does not say, for those who love God, all things are good for those who are called according to His purpose. He, he uses the word work on purpose and intentionally. You can allow the things that happen in your life to work towards the purpose he has over you. Romans 5, he says, suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces character. Character produces hope. The change happens in a method, in a process, step by step. We don't go from suffering to hope. There's things that have to happen in between. It's all throughout Scripture, this same idea that God wants something big for you, and it's not going to happen overnight. 
He uses your life to change you. It's not all at once. It's incremental. It's slow. But the life that you've lived has shaped you into who you are. Learn to see it through the lens of how God can use it. And you will, all, and you will see all the ways that it has changed you for the better. Now, there is something that's important to know. Life will always change you. It will not always change you into who God made you to be. That only happens intentionally. Life can make you bitter and angry and worn out and jaded and cut off from all the good things in it. Life can make you complacent and lazy and like make you feel like you've already got everything that you need when deep down you know you don't. You've got to be intentional to allow life to change you in the right ways. It's something you've got to lean into. For 2020, I do this word of the year thing every January. I don't believe it's magical, you guys. I don't believe it's even, I don't even see it anywhere in the Bible. I just do it. I do this word of the year thing. And what I do is I'll find one word in the beginning. I'll pray over it and ask God to reveal and all that. But, you know, maybe I'll just pick one. I don't know. And I'll find this word and I'll choose a word at the beginning of the year. And I'll just kind of pray through that word all year. And it's kind of something that I'll trust and lean on and learn from and, and, and gain, you know, uh, perspective through throughout the year. And for 2020 um, was the last year I'll ever do this because my word was intentional intentional for 2020. I wanted to be more intentional at home. I wanted more intentional uh, time in my relationships. I wanted to be more intentional in the work of spiritual formation in this church. So I prayed this dangerous prayer. God, change me. Make me more intentional this year. And then a global pandemic hit. And suddenly I was at home every day for months. And I could choose to withdraw and disappear and turn on a movie for my kids every day forever, which I did sometimes. Or I could choose to take that time to be more intentional with them than I had ever been before. I could take that time to be more intentional with my wife than I ever had before. Suddenly, the only way I was going to maintain relationships with others was to be very intentional about it, to either intentionally connect with them on the super awkward Zoom call for 45 minutes because I wasn't about to pay for it. Nobody heard that. (laughs) Isn't that great, though? Because I don't want to talk to you for more than 45 minutes. (laughs) Ain't no meeting need to be longer than 45 minutes. Or we could stand on the opposite ends of our yard and yell at each other like weirdos. Had to be very intentional to have a relationship in 2020. Had to be very intentional to lead our church spiritually. There was no autopilot in 2020. Every week, I was having to do things a way that we had never done them before as a church and that nobody had ever done. On the other side of 2020, I am significantly changed. I appreciate little things more now, like sitting down for a meal or for a cup of coffee with one of you. I love to connect with this church. I'm significantly more intentional in my relationships, in my friendships, and in the people that I get to care for. I'm more intentional as a parent than I ever have been before. I'm more intentional uh, on the spiritual formation of every person in our church. Now, I don't believe that God created and started a global pandemic just to change me. I don't believe that. You ever... One of my pet peeves, and this is a sidebar, one of my pet peeves 
is you ever talk to somebody, it's church people. Okay, I'm coming for you. And they're like, I, I have a friend, and they'll be like, you know, I had my birthday party on Saturday, and I was, it was said it was going to rain, and I was just praying to God that it would not rain, and it did not rain. God is so good. He loves me. I said, you're telling me that some farmer's crops ain't going to grow <laughs> so you could have a birthday party? You think God rearranged the whole damn weather because you have a birthday party? That ain't how God works. He ain't changing the weather because of your birthday party. It just didn't rain. You ever say that to me? I'm going to lose my mind. Just didn't rain. Sometimes it doesn't rain. They're never right. God did not create the global pandemic because I said, change me. It's not that kind of dangerous prayer. It was dangerous because I had to actually do work during that pandemic. Because I wasn't going to change in the direction I wanted to change in without work. Without being intentional to do it. Without paying attention. Without listening and praying and studying the scriptures. And doing the daily work required for positive change. And on the other side of it, my life experiences have completely changed me because I asked God to change me and he answered. Second thing that will change you and that he will use is just obviously prayer. As your pastor, I just got to tell you that I don't believe that there's anything in your life that will benefit you more positively than prayer. I don't believe that there's anything that you can do to get closer to God than just pray to him. Did you know that for thousands of years that the followers of God and, and the followers of Jesus had no access to the scriptures? They would memorize portions of it. They'd hear it in church. They'd have some priest or pastor speak it. And they'd remember it and they would cling to what they knew, but they grew spiritually through prayer. I'm not telling you it's not important to read the Bible. It's the most incredible resource you've ever had because now you get to hear God's response to your prayer or you have a, a tool to use to lead you through, through prayer. You can pray through the Bible, but there is nothing that will change you more than waking up every single day and giving God the first part of your day, the principle of the first. We give him the, I give him the first part of my day in prayer. Pray as you open up your day. I pray during the day. I believe that sometimes prayer does change us like a storm, loud and visible and immediate. Healing comes from prayer. Salvation comes from prayer. Big moments can come out of small prayers. But I think more often than these big moments in small prayers, prayer changes us like a glacier. That was a piece or a part from this podium. We're a portable church. Sometimes things fall apart. Glacier prayer is the kind of prayer that changes us. It moves a little bit at a time, day after day, and it changes the bedrock of our hearts. Glaciers change the land around them by moving their enormous mass over the earth a few inches every single day because consistency plus duration equals impact. That's how prayer changes you. When you speak to God and He becomes a regular relationship that you have, when you share your heart with Him, when you ask him for the things that he wants you to ask him for. If you don't know where to start, you can do what Christians have done forever and just learn and pray the Psalms. Early Christians had to memorize them. You don't have to do that. You got it on your phone. 
You can open up your phone and pull up. Let me show you what this looks like. Because I say pray the Psalms. And maybe you're just like, I don't know what that means. I read a Psalm and said, I want to drag my enemy's teeth through the gravel. Maybe that's a great Psalm for you to pray. I don't know what your life is like. Maybe you need your enemy's teeth to go through some gravel. I would start like with something like this. This is Psalm 86. It says, it says hear me, Lord. This is just prayer. This, is, this can be your prayer time. And this matters. This works. Hear me tell you, you don't have to pray for an hour and have all kinds of fancy things to say. I mean, you could just read Psalm 86 and you've prayed today. Hear me, Lord. Answer me for I am poor and needy. Guard my life for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant because I put my trust in you. You, Lord, are forgiving and good and abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there's none like you, Lord. No deeds can compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come and worship before you. Lord, they will bring glory to your name. Yes, God. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, Lord, that I may rely on your faithfulness. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. And I will praise you, Lord my God, with all of my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. Amen. So you just do that every day? You can't not change. That's a prayer. This doesn't have to be complicated. You don't have to be fancy. You don't have to say the perfect things. Read the Psalms. Speak your heart with it. And then move forward in your day in that spirit. And if you do it every day, God will answer this prayer. Change me. It's not easy to do it every day. Every day is different. Every day will be a new set of challenges, a new things that will get in your way. The enemy will use the world around you to distract you from this simple practice. But it is such a simple and doable practice. They say it takes 21 days to form a habit. Why? wonder why we do 20, 21 days of prayer is not in the Bible, you guys. It's not. We want you to form a habit. Just join us for the next 21 days. And I believe this habit will change you. It will change your life. It will change who you are. We've got a new resource that's going to make this even easier for you, and I'll share a little bit more about it on our prayer prompting tomorrow. Uh, but there's, there's always this handy resource called the Pray First Book, printed by one of our parent churches called the Church of the Highlands. It's written by Pastor Chris Hodges, who's kind of the architect of, we're, we're not a non, we are a non-denominational church, but we're a part of a network, okay? How many of you know we just changed the language? This is what churches do. We don't have a potluck dinner anymore. We have a bring your own meal gathering, okay? Well, we are a part of a network called the Association of Related Churches. And Pastor Chris Hodges is one of the architects of that network. And he created this book called Pray First, and we've got it out at, at a resource table right now. You can grab it, or uh, you can download it on your phone now. There's an app. It's called the Pray First app. If you look it up in the app store on uh, iPhone, or if, you know, somebody gave it to you for free so you have an Android, then you can, you can download the Pray First app, and it's got a place to take notes. It has 
music for you to listen to while you pray. It has templates where if you don't know what to do, you can just follow the scriptures and pray it. And it will help you in this area. We just want to make it as easy as we can. I know it's hard, but I, just, I can't impress on you enough. I, if you pray every day, it will change you. If you came to church because you wanted to grow closer to God, this is the best resource I can give you. It's prayer. And then finally, God changes us and answers this prayer through people. If you really want to change yourself, change the people who influence you. Proverbs 13.30 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company ruins good character. Maybe you heard that as a teenager. I don't like you hanging out with that boy with the tattoo, okay? Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company does corrupt good character. It's true. <laughs> Look what happens in Acts 2 as the local church is born. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to everyone who had a need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts, and they broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. God didn't just change them as a result of being around the right people. So you get around somebody who's changing rapidly, who's, who's, or who's making those daily incremental choices to change, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to start thinking, man, they really seem like they have a lot more joy. What is it that you do differently? Well, you pray every day. Yeah, I mean, I pray every day too. Yeah. Dear God, please bless this double Big Mac with cheese and nobody eats Big Macs. I don't know why I said that. Maybe I should pray every day. Maybe I should. When you get around the right kind of people, it influences the right kind of change in you. And it didn't just influence change in them. It began to change the city they lived in as a result of these people being together and in the right environment. Ask God to change you and then get in a life group. Lead a life group. We, we need life group leaders. I don't mean to sound desperate. We really need you to lead a life group. It'll all fall apart if you don't. I'm not desperate, but... Please <laughs> consider yes. <laughs> Be a part of the church. Go to step one. Find your place here. We have a place for you here. You know, we don't just stick people places that sometimes, you know, you get voluntold at a church. Who knows? If you hang around too long after service, you might get voluntold. Will you fold up that chair as you go out the door today? Hang it up on the rack. We've done it before, and I'm sorry. What we strive to do is instead of voluntolding people, we, we want to find a place where you love to serve. We, we, just want you to, we just want you to experience what it's like to be a part of the church, to be a part of the experience somebody gets to have on a Sunday morning, to be a part. I, I'll never forget, it was one of our first services coming back after the, the time that we were apart for the virus. It was, uh, we'd been meeting together in person for maybe a couple weeks. And this person came through the doors and she hadn't been in our church in two years. And she came walking through the doors and I saw her and I just called her name. I was so happy to see her. 
And I just called her name out. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're here. I'm so happy to see you. And she crumpled onto the ground and started crying. And I was like, oh no. Oh my God, what did I do? I'm so sorry. What, did I get your name wrong? What just happened? And she just said, I just, I forgot how important it is to be known. I forgot how important it is to be seen, to be wanted, to feel this way. Thank you so much for being happy to see me. You can be a part of that. And when you're a part of that, and when you're a part of those experiences that people have, you're constantly around the right kind of people. Because one of the biggest things the Dream Team does is it gives you a community to serve with. Go to step one. Get on board. Be a part of what we do as a church. I don't think you need to dump all the... I'm not going to say anything about it, Alex. <laughs> Alex, I'm very focused on finishing. So good to see you guys. Missed you. Sounded like a Yeti cup. I don't think you need to dump all the relationships in your life in favor of new ones, but I do believe you are the sum of your five closest friends. If all your friends are living a life similar to the one that you want to put behind you, then you're going to continue to be who you don't want to be. So it's time to add some better relationships into that equation. Bring some people into your life that bring you up, to, that live where you want to be. And as you do so, you'll begin to see the results. And as you change for the better, better those other people who you kept in your life are going to start to as well. Especially if you invite them to church and change their circle as well. Ask God to change you and he will. As long as you're ready for the way that he does it. It is not a short-term commitment. It is not a moment that happens. If you say, God, change me, get ready for the long road. Because it's a long road. It is a long walk in the same direction. Through small incremental changes, bit by bit, consistently over time, God can take you from the version of yourself that you want to put behind you, that you never wanted to be, but you became. And he can make you into the person he created you to be, someone who is full of joy. Do you remember joy? You long for joy? Someone who is satisfied. Have you spent your life searching for satisfaction, looking in every avenue, every place that you could think of, whether it was at, at work and trying to find the right position that would finally make you feel like it was enough. Maybe it was a financial gain. You thought, if I get to this place financially, I'll finally feel satisfied. Maybe it was relationally. If I could just get married or, or if I could just have kids or whatever you've been doing all of your life, looking to fill up that hole, that void. Maybe you're just tired of it. I want you to know you can live a life that is fully satisfied wherever you are. That God can fill that hole in you. He can make that change in you. But you're going to have to commit to the process. You're going to have to let him do it just a few inches at a time. And he'll do it. If you're here today, and maybe for you, you really have been asking God to change you. You just don't know where to start. You know, we, we want four things for you at this church. I gotta just tell you that up front. We want something for you. We do, we have an agenda. And the very first thing that we want for you is for you to know God, for you to know him. I believe that he just loves you 
has pursued you all of your life, that he desires relationship with you, I think he's got a soft spot for you. And if you want to enter into a relationship with him, all you have to do is just start moving in that direction. It's just start moving towards him to accept the free gift he's given you in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus made a way for you to not have to do any work to enter into a relationship with him. All you've got to do is, is come into that relationship. There's a great story in the Bible called the prodigal son. It's the story of the prodigal son. Maybe you've heard it. It's this awesome story about a son who leaves his family and, and takes his, his father's uh, inheritance with him and he squanders it and he's living in a pig pen. He ends up in a pig pen and, and he's, he's, in, he's in the mud and he just, it says, it says in Luke chapter 15, it says, he came to his senses and he decided to go home. But he came to his senses and he decided to go home. And when he went home, he had a speech prepared where he was going to explain to his father, Father, you can just let me be a slave in your house because I know your slaves eat better than I've been eating. You don't have to give me anything. I don't expect forgiveness. I don't expect any of it. I know I don't deserve any of it. I know that I shouldn't receive anything as your son anymore. I've given away that right. Just let me be one of your slaves. He has this whole speech prepared. He's rehearsing it the whole way home. And then he crests the hill at his house and his father was just standing there like he'd been doing for years, waiting for his son to be at the top of that hill. And he says that he sees him. And this man who was dignified, the owner of the home, the, the leader of the family, sees his son and he just begins to run across the field. He runs all the way up to him and he takes him in his arms and the son starts to give the speech he rehearsed and the father says, no, 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 no. You will not be a slave in this house. You are my son. Welcome home. Go kill the fatted calf. Have a feast because my child has come home. I want you to know that that story is about you today that all it takes is for you to come to your senses and say, I want to go home and there is a home for you. If you have never entered into that relationship, it, it just starts with a prayer. It's a commitment you can make right now. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just pray this prayer with me. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for making a way for me to come home. Forgive me for all my sin. Forgive me for everything, every mistake I've made and every way I've just tried to do it on my own. I want to start the slow work of being who you made me to be today. So I give you all that I am for the rest of my life. I am yours. In Jesus' name, amen. The Gathering Church Podcast is produced by the Gathering Church Creative Team. Want to get involved? Fill out a Connect card online at gatherashville.org. Find us on Facebook at The Gathering Church or on Instagram at Gather Asheville.